The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey, this is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thanks for being with me on this Friday. And I am joined right now by Nancy Derringer and Alan Lengel from Deadline Detroit to talk about the week that was on Deadline Detroit. Welcome to the two of you. Glad to have you here. It's always great. Well, let's Thank talk you. a bit about some of the weird stories that uh, that popped up this week. And it's not just the weird stories. I mean, we obviously cover a lot of important things that are happening here. But mm-hmm. it's always some of the odd things that rise to the top of our feed that, that uh, get people's attention. I have been working here for going on a year now. And I am no closer to understanding why some stories take off with traffic and others just sit there like a, you know, like a bad bagel. And it's just – it just – it's, it's a mystery. So I look at these figures a lot and these traffic figures and try to figure Ernie, out, like, what's er, the secret? Ernie Harwell used to say uh, as, as a house, he, he – what is it? The house uh, the side of the road. Yeah. yeah. By like a house by the side of the road. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Michigan and Trumbull. <laughs> You well, don't have hey, the talent to do, Ernie. No. Sorry. Let's, well, Still plenty of tiger tickets. How's that? Is that any better? That was not so bad, Still actually. plenty of tiger tickets. Well, and, uh, let's, let's, it's a long gone. That's let's a normal... stay on that theme because opening day. Opening exactly. day came came and went. Uh, it was yesterday. We all survived. Um, it's interesting, though, the kind of coverage that this gets. And we, of course, aggregate a lot of other people's coverage as right. part of what we do here. And we sure. take a look at it. Uh, Nancy Kaffer, a friend of mine, had a very downer piece about opening day <laughs> saying, take it away, please. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was – there were a ton of people downtown having fun. And, yes, the, the requisite fun was had by all. But this is it, – it's something special here. This is a weird town when it comes to opening day. It's it's an unofficial holiday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you think uh, – you know, Channel 7 interviewed a uh, bartender over at Centro behind the Fox Theater. And he was saying, oh, my God, Detroit does opening day better than anyone. And I'm thinking, here's like – what is it, 26 ball clubs? Uh, how does that guy know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I've talked to other people, though, that cover baseball uh-huh. uh, and have done so for ESPN and places like that. So uh-huh. they go to all these towns. It's St. Louis, Detroit, and Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, the three Cincinnati? places. Really? Cincinnati, the Reds. The Reds. Go figure. Are, well, I know, know the Reds the are a big thing. There's nothing else well, to do in Cincinnati. It's a town full of you like know, eat chili. I've, I've been yeah. in St. Louis on opening day. And okay. Every single person working downtown that day, working at the hospital, everybody had on Cardinals garb, and they had people all well, over the place. So, huh. you know, there are certain cities that do take it more seriously, but it is a little bit out of control. But for anything that's actually popular in Detroit, especially if it attracts people from outside the city, have you noticed how all of a sudden the backlash? gets very, very strong for this. And and in terms of the tone of the coverage in a lot of instances. Other cities probably don't have the history of acrimony between the suburbs and the the city itself that Detroit has. I mean, trying to think about like Cincinnati or... Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's this, this, you know, 50, 60 year, um, you know, history of of people in the suburbs claiming they don't want to come to Detroit because it's unsafe and it's dirty and it's all this and you know and and it's just a bad place to be. So, but once a year they're fine with coming down to Detroit and 
urinating against buildings and leaving their trash all over. And so that's where the problem with opening day comes from. The trash seemed to be a little bit better this year. I, I did do a cursory glance much. around this morning as I was on my way downtown, and yeah. it didn't seem to be as bad as years past. And, of course, the weather wasn't perfect yesterday. If we had had, like, one of those rare spring days of, you know, 60 kissed sunny. by sunlight and all this <laughs> other stuff, it, it might have been different. But, I mean, that was – you saw the pictures that we ran in uh, on Deadline of uh, that Michael Lucido took – and yeah. it was, you know, the, the slap the bag with fireball. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm so, I've never been so glad to be old in my life when I see that kind of crap. <laughs> Is this what's expected of young people now? I mean, it I, used to just be shots. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, 1030 in the morning and everyone's walking around downtown with a Coors Light yeah. in yeah. their hands. <laughs> hey, you, know? you know, once Breakfast a year. I, yeah, I, yeah. Know, I know people that will save up their vacation time so they can take this day off. Yeah. Uh, wow. And it's, it's more important to them than, than huh. any other holiday in the springtime. So. One thing, I mean, one some thing. people are Easter, some are Passover, and some are opening day. Well, and there are some there are some days that Detroit does well, like you mentioned. Opening day, St. Patrick's Day, Thanksgiving. I mean, these are these are the days that you want to be either downtown or in a adjacent neighborhood. And the, I can't I can't hate on them too much. The the one thing I did notice, and I don't know if it's because of our passage of the law, I noticed uh, the smell of pot more. Oh because yeah. Even in front of the Comerica Park, and then I was on the queue line, and the guy next to me was talking to, I, I assume it was his wife, and he smelled like pot, and he kept losing his uh, trend of thought. Like, <laughs> he kept going, uh, I, I, yeah, what Mystery was I, what, he kept saying, what, wait a minute, what, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, hey, speaking, I thought, welcome. Speaking to, of pot, though, the hash bash is this weekend in Ann Arbor, and is. I have to ask now, now that we are in this era of, of legalized recreational, is, is the hash bash irrelevant at this point in time? What, what is the point of the hash bash? To get high. That's a good question. But it's it, probably it, not as, as, I mean, before it was It was a like, counterculture hey, statement, us, you know? Right? Yeah, sure. look at us. We're smoking pot. Now I think it's probably just more of a fun gathering. Yeah. It doesn't have that troublemaker kind of thing anymore where, you know, the police would be, I'm sure, undercover police walking around and all that kind of stuff. I think it's changed, but I, I think it's a party that's going to carry on with tradition. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll change a little bit the sure. tone. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's well established. Not now. something that we actually went into on deadline, but I just brought it up since it was sort of tangentially what related Perfectly to what we were talking fine. about. Yes, that's how um, good conversations go. Let's let's talk a bit about about uh, the fact that um, Detroit and Michigan is going to be hosting a debate coming up in June of the Democratic July. or July, excuse me, mm-hmm. of the announced presidential candidates. Uh, we Democratic believe, presidential yeah, candidates. Fifteen of them. Well, Donald yeah. Trump is not going to be here, at least not at that event. <laughs> He will be here a lot. I have a feeling. I remember last time they had the debate here. He'll be in Michigan. At the Fox Theater, and that's, I I believe, when they had the big debate over his hands. Yeah, right. That's that's like one of the low points in debates. (laughs) In in a lot of things. But it stood out, and it's something that still gets played today. I mean, I've I've seen that referred to dozens of times just in the last several weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, so it's way early. I mean, we're talking a year and a half out from the election. We're going to have the one of the first of two major debates hosted by, of course, the CNN uh, that includes all these candidates. And there's so many people in they there. They have to do it over two nights or yeah. two days, whatever yeah, that's it is. Why, that's why it should be early because I think you know people are going to drop out left and right at some point where they sure. see they're not getting traction, they're not getting donations. Uh, we, we, they need to weed that field out. 
so it's manageable at some point. But, mm-hmm. So right now it's like everybody's in. We, I, I don't remember seeing such a huge oh, it's, field before. Well, actually, the Republicans, they had, what, 12, 16 or something yeah, like 15, that? Yeah, 15 at one point. Yeah, but I mean, this will be a good uh, two-day stretch to hang out at either Lafayette or American Coney Island because they're all going to go there because somebody, you know, their advanced man is like, well, you got to go to Coney Island. And you can just sit in there and, like, collect selfies. So we know? can pretend that we live in either Iowa or New Hampshire. <laughs> You know, it, it actually talks. It's, it speaks a lot to to the value of Michigan in this upcoming election oh, cycle. Sure. But if you are somebody who is, you know, politically averse, you don't like this kind of stuff. Good time it's to be go a up long. North. It's gonna be a long couple of years around here. Oh, yeah. uh, ads yeah. are gonna yeah. be all over the place. Joe. Candidates running around. I'm and, sorry. I, I'm I, sorry. I, the the floors are now awash in drool from all of the uh, broadcasters who are like waiting for that ad bonanza. To that's come, right. You and know? what's your number, Alan? Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd like to. I, I was hoping yesterday maybe we'd see like uh, in front of Comerica. You know, park. They had so many different things that maybe we'd had a Joe Biden hugging booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Although, hey, you know, we, we'll it's, save it's that for the Friday. We'll save that yeah, for yeah. the Monday follows. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, we'll right. get into the Joe sure. Biden stuff there. Sure. Uh, but that you know, Beto it, is just it, dreamy, though. Uh, Go ahead. See, see, I think Mayor Pete seems to be the one with the mojo these days. But um, he does. But it's only it's it's April, and it's only. I mean, he's had the mojo for like five days yeah, now. It's, so it's you know, early. It's, it's it's like, I remember not you know a while ago when uh, when the Godfather pizza guy when, when, you, Herman you Kane know, soon to be on the Federal Reserve Board that year. That year during the, the the race, I mean, one person was the lead one week, and then the next person. I yeah. think almost everybody Had was the lead was a candidate. I think exactly. except one. It might have been uh, what's his name, the senator from uh, North Carolina. Uh, oh, that guy. You know, his dad was uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his dad. His dad was a congressman. He's a senator. He's a doctor. Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Kentucky. Oh, yeah, okay. That's Kentucky, Kentucky. not North Carolina. Absolutely. So, oh I know they're God. hard to tell apart. I'm sorry. There's the north, and then there's everything the south. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this point in time, Rick Santorum was still a legitimate candidate oh in that race, God. too. That's so. right. Yes, um, he was. But we will. Oh, well, Again, Lord, Michigan is yeah. going to be a battleground, and, and we'll obviously be covering that as mm-hmm. it goes on, all the visits and, and everything else. And I want else. a selfie with Mayor Pete and Beto. So there well, you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's as a, a Democratic fellow, sandwich. As a fellow former Hoosier, I think I'm owed that. Uh, you know, we talk about <laughs> Kentucky. Bread. It just reminds me. It's a, it's a little bit of a non sequitur, but I remember, you know, growing up, some of the parents would only remember if somebody was a doctor, a lawyer, or anything else. You'd say, "Well, what does he do, Mom?" And she goes, "I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> There's something with the trucks. I don't remember. <laughs> well, since since you are on the accent oh, right here, <laughs> hey, lots of people paying attention to your surveying of, uh, of look your attempt to find the best matzo ball soup here in Metro Detroit. You were doing true. the deli challenge. First of all, we we also have to note though that the best matzo ball soup, according to Alan Langle, comes out of Alan Langle's kitchen. Because he well, follows his mama's old recipe. I, I well, he went I out try. for like it's... the best thing when he doesn't feel like cooking. But see, but... making matzo balls is not easy. I've done it before. It's not that easy. Really? It's yeah, not that you hard. You know one. what? It's not that the, the problem I have with okay. matzo balls. Not are, if you want them to be the right way. If you if you don't make them like all the time, there are times where I've had to throw out a batch just because I forgot. No, I forgot to do this or that. But they're not that hard, really. I mean. You buy a box of matzo meal. On the back is the recipe. Yeah, if you follow the recipe, fairly, and then they have club you know, soda is the secret club ingredient. Club soda. You want them a little fluffy, but you know the, the <laughs> thing the, that it's I found. Be the right density. You know, because right. if they're too if they're too dense, they don't work. Right. Yeah. 
And, you know, the interesting thing, I mean, the broth, because it's like really you put, you put you know, you buy kosher chicken, you put it in the pot, you throw in, you chop up some carrots and celery, Onions. put a big onion, yeah. you know, and, and, and cook it. But still, it needs more enhancement than that. And that's where the bouillon comes in, you know, where you have to put some chicken bouillon to, to make it a richer broth. The little squares. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, little squares. Or there's a powder. There's a oh, called okem or something. It's a... We're but this got we're we're, we're we're getting off into the weeds here. I mean, this did this story did get a lot of traffic on the site this week. It did. Mm-hmm. And and I have to ask you this, Alan. Though I mean, you know, you're looking at it. Zingerman's comes on. A, a lot of people would be surprised that Zingerman's Deli comes out on the low end, at least no. in terms of their matzo ball soup. I was right. disappointed myself. Yeah, because everything else they Shonda. do is, is pure gold. But uh, apparently, the matzo ball soup not. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah. A Shonda. Well, you know what? I, I was I was surprised because I thought, okay, the, I mean, it's such a grand place, is Zingerman's. I mean, I love just walking in there i mean uh, it's fabulous something, yeah. something about it's it it's a michigan treasure yeah. yeah and and so you know i expected like i i thought they would do it up and it was so disappointing i mean there was like a brown broth and makes me wonder if there was some kind of beef oh, thing man, involved that in is it. a shonda they were trying and then they served it in a plastic like container which was not <sighs> great but Gross. the month you know everything was just it didn't taste great and i thought this is zingerman's well, if there's okay. one outfit that ought to have it down. It's so, okay. note to Zingerman's: get take your uh, matzo ball <laughs> act up a little. At higher. the other end of the spectrum, though, who is you, who is your favorite? I think you know. I think Stage uh, and the Star Deli, which is a carryout only, and they've been and, duking it out for a long and time. Telegraph uh, really is is a legit contender there, and I was I was surprised, and actually I was surprised. Uh, the bread basket in, in Lincoln Center in Oak Park, which used to be one of the premier delis, and sort of you know. Sure. Dropped, dropped in ranking. There, theirs was actually decent. And actually, right down the street, you can go the Gateway. As an uh, East Side Shiksa, um, who has, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who, who who only discovered Stage Deli last year when I had to go over there to buy appliances, oh. I would second anything that came from Stage Deli. At one point, my husband put down his his pastrami sandwich, and he said, "This is the best." pastrami I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Actually, he may even said yeah. it was the best sandwich he'd ever had in his life. Yeah. But I've also heard... Their when food's we, outstanding. Yeah, the comments uh, on that Facebook, I believe on the Facebook post, there were a lot of Eastsiders who called out um, Uncle Harry's Deli. Yep. So oh, on, hey, on, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm exactly. A fan. I, so, I need to check it out. Fellow Eastsider. Fellow Eastsider. I, I didn't di- even know it existed. For the diaspora who that wandered over to Lake St. Clair. There, are a, few of, there are a few of them, there's including, gonna, yeah, including should, my son. The, lost, my, uh, the son. lost tribe of Israel there you go. Side, we well, I'll tell you, if out. I could throw in real quick, I grew up in Oak Park where the Stage Deli was on Nine Mile Road, then about a block down was the Katz's Deli, and those, to me, were the two main delis, but then there was also, you know, a few other delis, Stafford's, uh, and they were great, and, and, and I have to say, Detroit delis, you know, are, are as good as the New York delis, really. Well, well see, this is, this is an example of just how wide-ranging the coverage on Deadline Detroit <laughs> is. We talk <laughs> politics, we talk matzo ball soup, we talk opening day. Uh, also, let's talk about this sort of strange story that really bubbled up yesterday that got everybody's attention. Uh, Bob Carmack, who, of course, uh-huh. is a construction – or not a construction worker, excuse me. A body this. shop owner. He owns a body shop. He's been involved in a in a very sort of litigious situation with the city of Detroit over a piece of property that he allegedly sold fraudulently. Allegedly uh, fraudulently, He's been fighting yes. with the city for a long time over this, and he's been going after Mayor Duggan. Um, and yesterday – we all remember he, of course, had the, the, the moving video screens that he put right. in front of City Hall showing sure. a video of Mayor Duggan arriving at 
a suburban right. woman's house. Right. Then, of course, he flew some planes around Comerica Park yesterday yep. that said, uh, you know, Mayor Doug or will you marry me? Oops, I'm already married. Mayor Duggins. Messages like that. Right, salacious sure. messages um, designed to bring dishonor and discredit to Mayor Duggan, mm-hmm. who, full disclosure, I used to work with. Yes, on, on, that's fine. You know, so I need to put that out there. Uh, but then the free press follows it up with. You know, yes, they they notice this, but then they also start talking about a story about a potential financial relationship between this woman and and the charity that she organizes, right? Uh, and Mayor Duggan's office, right? And it was it was interesting because a lot of people are looking at this, trying to find some sort of potential wrongdoing here. I had a hard time finding any. It, 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 it was a little shady, I, maybe on the 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 appearance. It, the appearance is bad, especially given that bad. this is the woman that there is allegations going on. allegations yes, about uh, with between her and Mayor Duggan and whether right. or not he gave preferential treatment to this organization that she runs, which does very specific work. They are right. there to get women to their due date. That's right. what this is all about. Yeah. And this is it's something a good that, cause. Uh, deep, deep, deep in the story, there's a line that says there's no evidence that this um, organization, things called Make Your Date, uh, ever misused funds or, you know, nobody stole any of it. I, It was hard for me to see the offense in that story. But I, I agree. Uh, it's, it says, you know, they, they issued a statement uh, last night through uh, John Roach, spokesman, who said that Dr. Hassan, an actually known expert in preventing preterm birth provided her expertise to make your date on a completely voluntary basis she never accepted a dime from the program and i i, I think it's you know the whole carmack thing is, is kind of a little bit troubling I, and, and i think we we've talked about this that you know we and we're as guilty as as other media outlets that we follow it i mean the guy you know, knows how to throw candy out there for the media, right. and the media, you know, jumps at it. Uh, but I, I, I debate at some point where we just you where know, we're need to just kind of yeah. ignore his his pranks and you know not fall for everything. And um, right, I mean, it's it's a little it's 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 a little over the top. And I mean, that's why he gets the attention. I mean, you get a plane, you're flying overhead. Sure. It's kind of hard to ignore. But at the same time, you know, I mean, there is a balance between what the mayor is doing and, you know, whether the mayor had an affair or not. I mean, at some point, I mean, he That's, wasn't flaunting if, if, in fact, it was an affair. He wasn't flaunting it. He was being discreet. He got outed on it. And, you can't uh, judge and anyone's who cares? marriage who cares on that, but really? yourself, so yeah, your and, own. Rather. And, who, and who cares, really? What, now, you know, at, at this story, though, and I, I just want to put this out there. I mean, there are certain aspects of this that, that you know, do it. Raise some questions. Mm-hmm. One, did he direct any city employees to assist in raising funds for this organization, and would that be a misuse of that staff's time? Right. Mm-hmm. I think those are some legitimate sure. questions that somebody's sure. going to look into, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and I know the free press is going to keep digging on this, although they may have already exhausted all the emails that were available on this. There may not be anything else to FOIA right. in regards to this. But, uh, you know, is that the kind of thing that, that would trouble you? No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't rise to the level of any. I mean, if it, if people were directed to take significant time out of their work day and do this, but it kind of reminds me of what was going on last fall with um, Bill Schuette. And um, did he use um, his own employees to witness contracts that he was signing? And it's kind of like, you know, 10 minutes out of your day. It just it doesn't strike me as a terrible thing. So I don't know. But I'm I'm not going to call it a nothing burger yet but let's just say it's a nothing slider so 
Well, I should remind everybody, this is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. We're going to take a very short break. When we come back, though, Nancy and Alan will stick around to talk about a few more stories that were big on Deadline Detroit this week. We'll be right back. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. One-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Welcome back to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Alan Langle and Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit are with me. We're talking about the week that was on Deadline Detroit, a number of stories that you found. And if you haven't seen them yet, they're all available at DeadlineDetroit.com, so you can read more about this. Uh, I'm shocked, shocked, shocked that in 2019, we are still having conversations about the measles and vaccinations. <laughs> I saw a billboard on the side of I-94 the other day uh, that says, I vaccinate. Do you? Mm-hmm. This didn't used to be a question. <laughs> no. Do you not. vaccinate? It has become a question. Now we have a bit of an outbreak in Oakland County. People are freaking out, uh, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And I know a bunch of adults are like, wait, when was the last time I was vaccinated for the measles? Yeah. Right. They're thinking about going back to do this. Uh why, it, it, I don't know if we have an answer for this, but why do you think Michigan is more susceptible than perhaps some other areas because to we, this measles because outbreak? Of, specifically because of our policy around vaccination. Other states allow for medical exemptions because some people should not get vaccines and religious exemptions because there are some religions where they simply don't do that. Generally speaking, if you only exempt for that, you're still good because you have what we call herd immunity, where if you know most of the herd is is immunized, it's okay if we have a few people floating around that don't. However, in Michigan, we allow something called a philosophical waiver. And you just have to say, you know, I just don't like vaccines. I read something that Gwyneth Paltrow wrote on her site, Goop. Did, have, do you read Goop? That's a really interesting site. And it just really is very important. And so, you know, there are people who can object. And I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback from that. Uh, maybe, <laughs> who object maybe. To, who object to vaccines on philosophical grounds. You know, they don't like the timing. They don't like the number whatever they don't like. And you could, until fairly recently, you could just you know, sign a waiver and you could still enroll your kids in school. And they changed that a little bit. Now you can only, you still have the waiver, but you have to go through medical, uh, like, you know, you have to go sit through a lecture or something from a medical professional. But, um, you know, and this is, and here we are. Well, you take a look at this and, and Alan, I I wonder if, you know, and I'm, I'm asking the old guy here, right? (laughs) Sorry, just kidding. (laughs) I beg your pardon. (laughs) None of us are that young, believe me. No, but I mean, look, when I was a kid, measles was still a thing and not mm-hmm. we didn't have that herd immunity going yet because 90 percent of the people weren't getting vaccinated at that right, point back in the right. in the late 60s, early I, 70s. I had, I had measles. And so but people forget how dangerous this disease was. Right. I mean, people used can to be right. die. Yeah. Right. I mean, people people tend to look back and they say, well, Alan had him and he like lived chicken through pox. it. No. Well, and even chicken pox can be pretty serious. I mean, I've, whenever there's a close up in a movie. You know, you always see an actor with a little scar on his face. You know, I don't think I would want chicken pox scars on my face. Anyway, the point is, um, yeah, and, and most people come through the measles okay. But it is a miserable disease. Um, I think the, uh, the news had a story last week about the outbreak in Oakland County, and uh, they were talking to some woman, and she said her husband spiked a fever of 105. 105! That is a miserable fever, and that is the kind of thing that's that That's delirium can, fever. That's, yes, that's exactly. where you're seeing things. And that can lead to, um, you know, all kinds of complications. I mean, 
do you want to do you want to gamble with your own with your child's health mainly that 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 they'll be okay? But so. you know, it, it is. I, have we forgotten? What these yes. communicable diseases do, and Nancy's yes. unequivocally yes on this one. Yeah. Um, and Alan, I mean, from your perspective, you, you said you had the measles, but I mean, things like diphtheria, measles, mumps. When's Look, the last time you saw a case of the mumps? I mean, mumps. I know. I well, there's, I that's the starting mumps. to pop up in uh, yeah. Lapeer and Oakland too. Yeah. Um, if <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to try to keep the story as concise as possible. Um, when I was in college, I was dating a guy who had an apartment that was kind of out in the country, and he was next to a dairy farm. And he used to get uh, raw milk from the farmer for like a dollar a gallon. And he just—he was from New York City. He thought this was the most exotic <laughs> thing in the world, you know, to get this, uh, you know. Wow. And I told my mother one day, and she just about blew her stack because she had gone to school with somebody who got – brucellosis or whatever the the human disease is undulant fever they called it um from drinking unpasteurized milk and she's like don't drink another drop of that stuff it's not safe and you know don't give me any back talk about it it's one of the very few times i've seen her truly alarmed wow so you know and so and and you know i i believe in the in modernity <laughs> and i believe in vaccination i believe in pasteurization i'm down with all of that stuff right. i'm not well, even that worried about roundup but okay uh, <laughs> Well, Monsanto's trying to kill us all, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's move on to another story that, that got some attraction here. And, of course, Chad Solweski is a contributor to Deadline Detroit. He has been covering politics and, and covers especially Macomb, Macomb County. County Macomb like County like dude, nobody man, else. I'll exactly. tell you, she's great. Uh, now, but he has, a, he has a piece up here about um, two Michigan Republicans who were nominated for diplomatic posts by the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Their ambassadorships are sort of in limbo uh, mm-hmm. as we speak. One of them, John Ricolta, the other, David Fisher. These are two prominent Prominent fundraisers for the Republican causes. John sure. Ricolta, of course, is uh, the head of, of Wallbridge, one of the largest construction firms in the world. Right. Um, he was going to be nominated to the UAE. Uh, and Fisher, United of course. Arab exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, and Fisher was going to be the nomination uh, to Morocco. Right. Two pretty important parts of the world and sure. all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, particularly but, the, the United Emirates. Uh, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but and, but they are being held up here, and and mm-hmm. this is not surprising um, by the Republican controlled Senate. I should add. It, so this exactly. is not something you can pin on AOC or uh, Rashida. <laughs> um, but the the it, UAE post in particular. Well, right, and they and and Chad's story points out is based on a an NBC News piece that ran a few days ago, and he points out that there that every president gives away ambassadorships to like ripe plums to their biggest backers always have right. however and it's it's usually about two-thirds go to career foreign service officers career diplomats who know what they're doing and the other third goes to the deep pockets right and it's just and but those those jobs the ones that go to that aren't that important are for less consequential countries we were, we were right. talking not about going to russia no yeah. you're not going to russia you might <laughs> go to luxembourg you know you might go to Liechtenstein, some nice the bahamas you know but if you're going to a um a, a strategic uh potential flashpoint in the world you better know what the hell you're doing mm-hmm. and you need somebody who's got foreign service background right. and the united I, arab emirates is absolutely I, I one did of them. get a uh somebody sent me a note saying well how come uh you know how can they say that about john Ricolta not having any uh diplomatic experience and then i i, I did a wikipedia search here and he said he is the honorary general counsel for the ro- for Romania in Detroit. Oh, so how can that not be considered? Uh, you know, some substantial well, 
Well, so exactly. when, Nad- when so when Nadia Comaneci comes to town, he's, <laughs> we've got that covered. Right, and, right. And, and one reason that they maybe we may be a little leery of this is because they said the president has nominated some people who weren't even really qualified to be ambassador to the Bahamas because one of them, um, who I believe is a car dealer from the Sun Belt somewhere, uh, the, the nominee to be ambassador to the Bahamas, had said during his confirmation hearing that he believed that the Bahamas was a part of the United States. It was a protectorate. Yeah, Yeah. a protectorate of the United States. It's like, no, dummy. Well, Bush does not realize that Puerto Rico is... uh, I mean, Trump. Trump. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Well, let's end end the week with this one, because for some reason, everything about this piece of public art gets a little (laughs) bit of attention. It is officially called the Halo now. Uh, At least there was a a naming rights contest to this. Um, But... There were people that gave it a nickname a little bit before that, yeah. aka the Golden Butthole, yeah, um, which is right there uh, near Lakeside it's a Mall strip. in Sterling yeah. Heights. <laughs> Welcome um, to Sterling M59, Heights. M59, which I right. guess if you're going to call it the, bo- the Golden Butthole, I would call <laughs> M59 the colon of Macomb County, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because I can't stand driving on that road. It's it's incredibly uh, annoying, uh, but. I, is anybody ever going to call it the Halo? People watch these videos that we put up. They uh-huh. any sort of oh, they attention? Love them. They love these stories. <laughs> what I, is it I, about this I, issue? I don't know. It's 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 we've gotten particularly even the last one, which I I didn't even realize would do so well. Uh, it was funny. It was yeah, shareable. It was, it's very you know? viral. Uh, it's uh, a shout out to Andrew Kaczynski, Kyle Martin, uh, <laughs> Duda, and Douglas Eberhardt, three guys who work at a Birmingham. Ad agency who are having some fun, just having some fun in their have, off hours, having you know? some fun with some creative uh, stuff they're doing. Uh, I mean, it's such an absurd thing. Like, why? Why, why is it even there? Yeah. What, yeah. What's the need there? Four hundred thousand uh, dollars. I know. I know Kyle. Actually, I know Kyle personally. He's yeah. an extremely funny person. So, I mean, he's probably just laughing, you know, up yeah. his sleeves over this. But the, but yeah, why do they feel they need it in the first place? I mean, does something? I mean, it is a rather boring stretch. Uh, I mean, there's not. I mean, unless yeah, I guess it, if you want to be distracted by something other than than food chains and and shopping opportunities uh, yeah. and, and car dealerships, I understand that. But you know, Sterling Heights is just looking for something to spruce it up. It's it is a- kind of their downtown, really, if you think about it. <laughs> I'd, I'd be more excited to drive the whole road and see a big display ad of like a McGriddle. Yeah. I think they have one of those. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I, I'd rather see that than the like, golden butthole. <laughs> You know, it's it's not the worst piece of public art I've seen. And frankly, no. let's be honest. If we're going to compare it to something, how about the lovely bridge uh, that crosses Telegraph Road in I-94 on the way out towards the – double the, footballs. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Right. That was – yeah. There's – well, you know, and we have the giant tire. So, you know, like big round things seems to be a, uh, <laughs> that seems a, theme, to be a theme here. here. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if, uh, funnily, the Joe Louis fist is, it seems legit. These days, yes, nobody's very much no, so. In, in the beginning, that I is think like the best piece time. of public art in yeah. the city by it's by kind of a, a landslide. Cool yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I'm going to put you both on the spot here because you know there's a lot of stuff that we put up. There's multiple stories that get put up on Deadline every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, something that you thought should have gotten more traffic than it did. Something people need to go back and check out. Oh man! Maybe besides matzo balls, yeah, well, the matzo ball <laughs> soup is a big one. I think that's good stuff. Um, I think there's some there's some actually some really interesting news here. A really great photo gallery from uh, Michael Lucido yesterday on opening, oh, day. opening day. If you want to was... get a flavor as to what that's about, uh, but a good story we posted as well about the uh, pension exec in uh-huh. the city of Detroit and how much money that person is pulling in. Mm-hmm. That's something people need to read. I would say so. Um, 
And also, I learned uh, about how many people cared about this rapper Nipsey Hussle, who passed away. I was not familiar with him. I was not either. I was really, really shocked at how many people were really upset by this. And were willing to come out to Cadillac Square uh, for a little memorial service for him. And and I think also the uh, Barb McQuaid Q&A. Barb McQuaid. That was interesting. I mean, it's it's been interesting since she left the office here. She was among 46 U.S. attorneys who were broomed out, which is not that unusual when a new president comes in, wants to install his own people as U.S. attorneys. She wanted to stay. Uh, she was asked to leave, uh, and now she's pretty vocal on MSNBC. Well, she's on uh, their staff now. That's why crit- I don't get around as much anymore. She's critical. <laughs> she's certainly been critical of Trump, like like almost every uh, on MSNBC. Every every U.S. Well, she's attorney. An Obama. I, I will say she's yeah, been yeah. she's been yeah. she's been very careful though about she's been critical of the process. She's been critical of Barr and the way he's handling this. But for the most part, she's been talking almost exclusively about the way that this investigation is going, what they might be going after, right. what mm-hmm. she's reading on it. So she has not been as much of a bomb thrower as some of the other folks on MSNBC. That's no. for sure. No. Um, but it was good to to see that on there. If people want to get yeah. a better flavor as to yeah. what she's about and where she is. Uh, she's been around. Thing. Yeah, she's been around, so I, I, I like hearing her. And, and she does uh, she does guest columns on the Daily Beast as well. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got to let you guys go because you have other things that you have to do rather than speak to me. But I appreciate it. Nancy <laughs> Derringer, thank <laughs> you very much. Fun. Alan Langle, we appreciate it. Thank and uh, thanks uh, thank to you. Michael Lucido for helping us out with this broadcast today. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Remember, coming up on Monday, we'll have the Monday Follies. Got a couple of great guests that are lined up for that. Vonder Darian is going to be joining me, as is my friend Dave Forsetto. We should have a lot of fun with that. So join us on Monday. Don't forget, we'll put the video version of that up there. In the meantime, have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.